My name is Jack Gonzalez. I'm the lead pastor here at Mosaic Life Church. I hope you enjoyed this morning's worship. We had some guests join us, and I believe they did a phenomenal job, and I hope you enjoyed that. Well, today we are going to um, continue on with our message series titled The Call. And it's been amazing. I hope you enjoyed it last week. And uh, there is just so much to that. And I asked you the question, do you want the best that God has for you? Do you want the best that God has for you? And we looked at how Jesus called Andrew and, and Peter and he called them. And just as he calls each and every one of us. And so with that being said, as with all of our message series, we have a central passage. And it can be found in the book of 1 Corinthians. And so we're going to take a look at it here. This is the Apostle Paul, but it's a, it's a great insert for where we're going here in the life of Peter. Check it out. This is what it says. It says this, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise uh, not, not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. This is our central passage this is you and I. This is the creator of the universe calling us, calling us to step out into the things that God has for us. And I'm so excited about this series. You see, when God birthed this in my heart, when God gave this to me, it was, it was something that he's doing for us in this season as he's given us mission and vision as a church. Listen, let's take a moment to pray and we're going to jump into part two of our series. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you, Lord, for your love. And I pray that today, that Holy Spirit, you'd bring your word alive and you'd speak directly to us. God, wherever we're watching this or listening to this right now, I pray, God, it would feel like it's just us and you in the room, God, and you know our mail. God, would you prepare our hearts, would you prepare our minds, and would you speak to us? God, we thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Now, many of you guys know that I, I, I really like sports, uh, and, and so today I want to talk to you just a tad bit about that. Most of the time in sports, they tell you to keep your eye on the ball. They tell you to keep your eye on the ball. Whether, whether you're playing baseball, some of you guys have seen me play softball, I'm not that good. <laughs> or, or whether you're playing football, right? Or, or, or you're playing basketball or whatever it is, or, or, or you're, you're even playing golf. Brother Robert tells you, keep your eye on the ball, or you're playing soccer, keep your eye on the ball. Why? Why? Because once you lose sight of the ball, you're cooked, you're done, it's over. You know, my dad, my brother, and I, we, um, we played a lot of street ball growing up. Uh, from street football to street basketball. And, and we'd go out from neighborhood to block to block in the park and the school. And we'd just find random people and we'd challenge them. Hey, you want to play us? All the time. Even when we'd go out of town to go visit family, we took a ball with us, a football and a basketball, and we challenged people. It was a part of my childhood. We always did it, always, always. And I remember on this one occasion, we were playing street football. And my dad and my brother, they were usually the quarterback. They always traded off with that. And I was always a wide receiver. And for me, my thing was this. I'm about to outrun this guy. They're going to be completely surprised because usually it was, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not that tall. And so I, I, but I always surprised people. 
And so uh, I'm thinking to myself, okay, I got my pattern, and this is the thing. My dad or my brother would throw the ball, and they'd put it in the air before I even looked. As long as I ran the pattern the way we planned, the ball was going to be there every single time. And so I remember we were playing this guy, a guy much bigger than me, and, I, and I'm looking at this, and okay, okay, I'm going to smoke this guy. I'm gonna, this, this is going to be great. He's going to be like, how? I didn't know you were that fast, you know. And I'm thinking all these things in my head, and I go off, and I'm so focused on beating this guy or showing him how fast I is that I don't run my pattern and then when I do look up and see the ball it's too late and the ball hits me in the head I was so embarrassed I, I, I was at that place I don't know if you you can relate to this at all or you've seen something like this where it just hits you smacks you in the head and you know exactly what you did wrong and you know that a little bit of pride got in there what am I saying this morning I'm saying that the moment you take your eyes off the prize is the moment you lose sight of the good things that God has for you. The moment you take your eyes off where your eyes are supposed to be is the moment you miss the great things that God's trying to do in your life. And just like I told you last week, I'm going to tell you again, God's not done in your life. And you might be watching and listening to this today and thinking, you know what, the, the season hasn't been great. I've, I've really had a tough time. I've lost the self-confidence. I'm not where I was mentally. I just don't feel good. I want to tell you again, God's not done with you. He's not done working in your life. God's called you. That's right. Yes, you. And I asked you, and I'll ask you again, do you want the best that God has for you? You see, today we dive into one of the most amazing and I believe intriguing experiences in Scripture. And we see Jesus and his disciples together in Matthew chapter 14. And we're going to read verses 22 through 33. And if you can, join me on screen, follow your message notes or, or, or message notes or listen to me. It says this in verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. Now, I'm going to talk to you in a moment where they're coming from in, in, in just a moment here. It says this in, in verse 23. After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. Verse 24. And on the boat... And the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, someone say, saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were who were in the boat, worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Here's this, this, this amazing, and I believe one of the most intriguing experiences in scriptures. They get to watch Jesus walk on, on water, and then Peter calls for him. Just prior to this moment, though, it's so important to understand that just prior to this moment, Jesus feeds 5,000 people with a couple of fish and some loaves. 
He feeds 5,000 people. They had all these baskets left over of food. And, and for them, 5,000 people and Jesus, this is all you used? They had a front row seat to one of the most amazing miracles. Now here they are at the end of the day. Jesus dismisses them, tells them to get into the boat. He says, listen, I'm going to go dismiss the crowd. You guys go ahead on to the other side. And then Jesus does something here. Jesus goes off to pray, but this is what he often does. See, this is significant because Jesus understands his mission, and he always has. Jesus always had understood his mission. See, in this particular case, Jesus' mission are the disciples. He has to prepare them. And so what Jesus does is he goes off to pray. It's already the end of the day. The disciples are on their way, and he goes off to pray. God is the only one that knows exactly what will come. See, the disciples get into the boat, and guess what happens? They encounter a storm, strong winds. Jesus, he knows the storm is coming. He knows exactly that the storm is coming. He knows that there are storms in life. He knows that storms have the potential to get you off track, to get you, cause you to lose focus. Pastor, are you saying that Jesus asks his disciples to get in the boat even though he knows a storm is coming? Yes. I'm saying that God is always ahead of us. I'm saying that God is working something out in us. I'm saying that if God is calling you to do something, then he won't leave you or forsake you. I'm, I'm telling you that if God is calling you to stand over here and it don't make sense to anybody else around you, if it doesn't make sense to your family, to your friends, to your neighbors, to your co-workers, that God won't leave you there. I'm saying that if God is in it, you can be sure that God will see you through. I'm saying that if God wants you there, then he's got you there. He'll take care of you. He'll meet every need. The psalmist says in Psalms 139, verses 7 through 10, Where can I go to escape from your spirit? Or from your sights. If I were to climb up to the highest heavens, you'd be there. If I were to dig down to the world of the dead, you'd also be there. Suppose I had wings like the dawning day and flew across the ocean. Even then, your powerful arm would guide and protect me. See, church, what I'm saying to you today is that if God has called you to it, then trust him there. Trust him there. It's true the disciples didn't understand the bigger picture. They were terrified by what they see. They thought Jesus was a ghost. But together, including Peter, they got to witness one of the most miraculous miracles we know. And it strengthens them, and I pray that it strengthens us today. Peter simply says, Jesus, call me. And Jesus does. Peter walks on the water. Then he begins to sink. Jesus picks him up. Then they get into the boat. Then the winds stop. Jesus knew about all the events that would take place. Why? Just prior to this, he's up in the mountain to pray. He's praying, preparing for the moment. You see, what lesson does he want us all to learn today? What lesson does he want us all to know? Why is it important to keep your eyes on Jesus? Why should I keep my eyes on Jesus? Why shouldn't I take my eyes off Jesus? What am I not seeing? 
The devil wants to drown you with fear and doubt. The devil wants to drown you with fear and doubt. Fear and doubt. The devil wants to drown you with fear and doubt. Now let me say this. God loves you. God calls you. And God believes in you. God loves you, God calls you, and God believes in you. This is how our Heavenly Father feels about you. The devil, on the other hand, has a mission against you every single day of your life while you're breathing. Every single day of your life while you're breathing, while you have breath in your lungs, he has a mission against you. The Bible describes him as your great enemy. He has a mission against you. Now, while you no longer have breath in your lungs, well, it's over, it's done. There's nothing else he can do. But while you have breath in your lungs, this is what he wants to do. The Bible says it right here in 1 Peter 5 a Stay alert. Watch out. Your great enemy, there he is, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Pastor, you know, I can see the physical. You know, I, I can see the things physically. I, 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 can, I can see those things. I understand that if I make good choices, you know, you pay it forward. Good things happen in your life. You know, I understand that if I, I make a bad decision, well, there's consequences to my actions. I, I, I get those things, but I don't quite see that if I, if I keep my eyes on Jesus, how that has anything to do with the devil. I, I, I don't quite under, understand that. Listen, this is what I want you to understand. There's always everything that you can see. See, there's your job, there's your family, there's your responsibilities, there's your school, there's your home, there's, there's what you have, what you can touch, what you can feel, what you can smell. There, there's all those things. But then there's also everything that you can't see. See, in the can't see is a spiritual battle, a tug of war, if you will, where the Spirit of God is wrestling with the flesh nature inside of you that wants to crave to do things that just feel good and comfortable that, that, are, that are contrary to the Spirit of God that's calling you to stand firm and to do the right thing that honors God. You see, this is where the devil lives, plotting to drown you and the good things that God is doing in your life. See, God's gifted you. God's set you apart. There's something that God has birthed in your life and, and, and the devil wants to drown that in your life. He wants to take that away. He wants to cause that slip up, that mistake so that you're no longer used by God in that same way. I want to say this. If you're ever going to step out into the boat, step out of the boat and into the things that God has for you, you're going to have to begin to recognize that there is a spiritual battle taking place. And this battle requires you to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Let's unpack this a little further. In verse 28, in verse 28, it says this, Peter, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. If it's you, tell me to come. Just tell me to come. Like Peter, many of you, you have great faith in God. You believe God can do it. You believe God can see you through. You believe that God can make a way out of no way. Peter says, Jesus, just ask me to do it. I believe. I'll do it. See, what I love about Peter is this, and we see it in verse 29. In verse 29, Jesus tells him, come. And then look at Peter's actions. It says this, Peter got down out of the boat and walked on water. Someone say, walked on water. And came towards Jesus. You see Peter's actions? He doesn't just say he believes in God. He steps out. You see, in the middle of a storm... Peter gets out of the boats. Let me say this. His circumstances were not ideal. 
These were not the best circumstances. It wasn't the best time. He was exhausted. In the ESV, it says that this is happening during the fourth watch. You see, the Roman military believed in four watches, three hours each. So it would have went from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. So the fourth watch would have been from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. That means the disciples are potentially, approximately, battling this storm for about nine hours. They had a full day of ministry. They watched Jesus do great miracles. They're overwhelmed with all of that, still trying to understand it all. Now they're in a storm. And they're exhausted. See, Peter's circumstances were not ideal. They were not ideal. It wasn't the best time. It wasn't the best conditions because it was dark, it was stormy, and he was on a lake. It was dark, it was stormy, and on a lake. It's not like it was daytime. It's not like it was clear weather. It's not like they were on dry ground. Too often, we're waiting until everything lines up just perfect before we'll step out and trust God. Too often. God, call me, call me. I'll come, God. Listen, can I come when the weather's great, when it's daytime? God, once the boat docks on dry ground, I'll be there. I will be there, God, as soon as we get there. No, it's stormy, it's dark, and they're on a lake. And Jesus says, come. Jesus says, come. Circumstances were not ideal. It was not the best time. They were exhausted. God, once things get better... God, listen, 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 listen. I love you, but right now just ain't a good time. I'll let you know when it's a good time. It wasn't the best conditions for Peter. But Jesus said, come, come. Peter just doesn't believe from the boat because anyone can believe from the boat. Anyone can say, God, I believe that you can do all things. But never step out in faith. Never trust God in a difficult situation or a difficult season. Never trust God to meet the need or never trust God for the, the qualification. God, I, I, listen, God, I'm, I, I'm not qualified. God, how can I step out? God, God's like, I, I got you. Allow me to qualify you. Oh, no, never trust God for the timing. God, it's just, I, I, let me work some things out. Never trust God for the conditions. It's, it's, it's more like God asked me to do it. God, God asked me to do it and I'll do it. I hope he doesn't ask me. I really hope he doesn't ask. God, I'll do it. Just call me and I'll do it. I really hope he doesn't ask me because it's just not a good time. See, what you need to know is that the devil is plotting for you to do two things. Two things. I told you about this spiritual battle. I told you about this tug of war. The devil is plotting for you to do two things. Number one, take your eyes off Jesus while you're in the boat so that you never step out. You just take your eyes off Jesus while you're in the boat. Look at, you know what, it's just not a good time. I see, I know you're telling me to come, but listen, it's just not a good time. Circumstances ain't deal. I'm not qualified. Timing is not right. I just, and, and then boom, your eyes are on something else, and you're so caught up in that, you miss that Jesus is coming, or you're suppressing what God is saying, and you're just saying, oh, maybe I'm supposed to do that later, and all of that's happening. Or if you do step out of the boats, and you do begin to trust God when he says, come, and you take your eyes off Jesus in that moment because it's not what you thought it was or it's not as easy or things didn't seem to suddenly improve drastically in your life. And so it, this, this can't be right. 
You see, the devil, his ultimate goal is that you drown because of fear and doubts. Because of fear and doubts. Do you want the best that God has for you? In verse 30, it says this, but when, when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Peter takes his eyes off Jesus and he puts them on his circumstances. Dark, stormy, and he's on a lake. He sees the wind and it causes fear within him. You see, fear is a byproduct of your doubts. Your doubt that God's got you. Your doubt that God will make a way. Your, your doubt that God will work it out. That will produce a fear in your life. If my trust is not fully in God, then I'm going to become afraid in this life. I'm going to fear what's around the corner. I'm going to fear what's next. I'm going to fear how they're going to take what I have to say, that change, what it's going to look like. I'm, I'm going to fear how they're going to respond. I'm going to become afraid in this life. And if we're being honest, we, we don't always do well with fear. We don't always do well. You know, there's two things that I really admire about Peter. Number one, I, I admire his doubt and fear didn't begin in the boat. I really admire that about him. He was willing to step foot out of the boat. He, he could have said there, ooh, he could have said, uh-uh, look, Jesus, it's storming, it's dark, it's wet, Jesus, you're Jesus, I ain't, so, uh, ooh, I'm not, I, 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 I really admire that about him. I admire that he was willing to step out regardless of the circumstances, regardless that he was exhausted. He was willing to step out. And the second thing that I admire about him is this, is when he does sink, he knows who to call. Brothers and sisters, you're going to go through some things in this life. There's going to be areas where God is calling you, where God is, God is asking you to trust him. God is asking you to, to step out in faith in those areas of your life. And, 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 and sometimes you're going to feel so overwhelmed or you're dealing with things where you're going to feel like you want to give up. But in those moments, do you know who to call? Do you know who to call? It can be so easy to, to rely on your, your own power, your experiences, or your connections. You know, I got myself in this mess, so I'm going to get myself out of this mess. But that's not what Peter does. As he steps out and trusts Jesus, and he's walking on the water, and then he becomes, he doubts, and so he becomes afraid. And as that happens, he begins to sink. He calls on Jesus. He calls on him. In the midst of this life, listen, stuff's going to happen. Will you call on him? Will you call on him? Peter loses sight of Jesus for a minute, and then he gets his eyes back on him, his faith in Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says this, And without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. See, your call your blessing, the things that God wants to do in your life, the things that God has been trying to do in your life. And I've said it before, maybe you've never even thought of yourself that way. Or maybe you've been through something and you've lost the self-confidence to, to step into those things and, and, and you've allowed your, just your mind to rewind, replay and replay and replay and, and you've just been struggling. I really want you to get this. God is not done in your life. It just requires you to have faith in him. 
because God is unwavering. His love for you, his call for you, his belief in you is unwavering. He loves you and he's for you. I want you to look at the faith of the psalmist. It says this in Psalms 28, 7. The Lord is my strength and shield. I trust him with all my heart and he helps me and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving the faith of the psalmist God is his strength and his shield Peter for a moment steps out of the boat and he walks towards Jesus he says come he says come he says he says come and he steps out he steps out and yeah when he begins to sink he knows who to call so I ask you all today where are you at with this? Where are you at on this journey? Where are you at today? I know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. I know that he's ministering to you. Do you want the best that God has for you? The best. Not the just okay, not the mediocre. Do you want the best that God has for you? Are you in the boat today? Are you in the boat and are you just waiting for the best time to get out? I'm wondering. Is that you today? You're just, you've been in the boat. Jesus has said, come, but you're just waiting. You're waiting for the best time, the circumstances. It's just, it's got to work out. Jesus, when the boat gets on dry ground, when the weather's good, is, is, is that where you're at today? Or have you gotten out of the boat? Or for one reason or another, you've doubted that God's got you. And it's caused fear in your life. And you're struggling and you're dealing with that today. God's got you. He's got you. You're going to have to trust him. You're going to have to trust him. Jesus goes up to a mountain to pray, knowing that he sent his disciples into a storm. Storms are going to happen in this life. But he's got him in the storm. If he called you to it, trust him there trust him there he's got you call on him here's my challenge for you today my challenge is this if you lost sight of jesus look back to him look back to him if you've lost sight of jesus look back to him and the other part is this if your eyes are on jesus Beware that the devil wants you to doubt and fear. Beware that there's a spiritual battle going on. Beware that he's looking for you to, to, to be overwhelmed by the situation, to be overwhelmed because, because it's, it's, it's dark, it's a storm, and you're on a lake. Beware. But also, remember that he's got you. He's got you. Let me take a moment to pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your word. God, the way that it comes alive and the way that it speaks to us, God, God, we know that you're, you're working something in us, Lord, and I just pray your blessing now. God, whether we're at this place today and we say, you know what, the truth is I've been in the boat and I know you called me to get out. I know you called me to trust you in this area, but I've just been struggling with that. I've been dealing with that and I, I just, I haven't stepped out. And sometimes, in some ways, I almost feel like I've been trying to ignore it or just push it off, push it off. But God, would you work in me? Help me to step out and to trust you, Jesus. I want to do it. Today, I'm going to take a step of faith. 
or maybe you have stepped out and for one reason or another fear, doubt just gripped you. I want to remind you again in the name of Jesus that he's got you. His love is with you. His love is for you. He believes in you. And if you've been struggling within yourself, you feel like you just don't got it, you've lost the self-confidence, I want you to know, I want you to know, God is going to strengthen you, but you're going to have to put your faith in. In that faith, that faith will please Him, that faith will bless Him, and you will find everything that you're looking at. I'm going to ask you again, do you want the best? Father, I pray your best. I pray your strength. I pray your peace. I pray your love. I pray your transformation. Somebody today is going to make a decision for Jesus. And maybe you're there today and you're watching and you're saying, I want Jesus in my life. Just begin to talk to him. Just begin to share with him. God, I want you in my life. I, I, I've been all over the place and I've done this and I've done that. Just confess to him. Repent. Say, God, I don't want that life. I want you. I want to trust you in every area of my life. Just begin to talk to him about that. I pray God's mercy and grace over your life. And everybody else, and maybe you're at that place God's called you. He has. Do not doubt it. Step out. I just pray, God, your presence with him now. We thank you. Now receive this worship. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.